afternoon with Dennis Fithian on Detroit Sports, ready to get things underway with podcast number 38. It is a special 4th of July All-Star Saturday, and it's where I connect people that I've encountered over the years in radio. We'll get right to our first guest. Uh, I just want to tell you also coming up in this pod, I've got a movie and book review. The movie, Spike Lee's The Five Bloods. The book, David McCullough's 1776. So I'll work that in there. It is the 4th of July. Uh, We are into the afternoon here, and it is a 4th like no other. And this is a sports podcast, and that's what I'll talk about here. But, uh, you know, I would have hoped things would have looked better for sports. But but what are you going to do? Here we are. And if you look at the, the top stories, most of them, most of them, are about, you know, COVID. Uh, it is a time for change, uh, whether it's the Redskins or Indians. Uh, that's just uh, where we're at on this uh, on this 4th of July. As mentioned, I've got some all-star guests lined up and a, a, a two-time all-star we're going to get to now. Uh, I'm going to ask everybody on the pod today what they're looking forward to the most in uh, MLB 60-game season, uh, as always, if it happens. And, uh, and for... Our first guest, we go out to Pontiac, and here's uh, Raj, who joins us. Uh, hey, happy fourth, Raj. How are you? Yeah, thanks. Same to you. I'm good. I'm good. Hanging in there. Yeah, that's good. Hey, you're a you're a first two time All Star. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I, li- I, li- I like the introduction. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so what have you been doing here? Like, uh, just just tell everybody. We'll we'll get to some baseball and and everything else basketball things that are football things are going on and in, in the sports world we'll, we'll look at it a little bit but you know what have you been doing man how you've how you've been uh uh dealing with the heat and the and the virus and the and uh you know the the challenging times here what have you been doing um you know i'm just getting ready for sports uh working out a lot you know gyms are closed so i'm going to the track running and push-ups and doing pull-ups i got a pull-up bar Working out, you know, just spending time. I got two daughters, spending time with my kids, and and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Trying new restaurants. I, I go to a lot of different cities, trying restaurants, and um, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at with it. Yeah, I'm with you on the working out, man. I used to go to the gym, and it's not like I was, uh, you know, killing it at the gym, but I, you know, I loved going. I, I think I liked it. Well, I mm-hmm. did like it as much for my mind, you know, as my body. And man, uh, it, it's. Since the gym's not available, man, push-ups and and sit. You know, I had a friend there. I always just used to tell me somebody was in very good shape. He said you just need to do push-ups and sit-ups and pull-ups. That's all you need to do. So I try to remind myself of that. I don't have a pull-up bar at my uh, at my house here. I was using the the weight resistance ones though for the last month or two, and I was uh, I was liking it. But uh, yeah, man, that's that's a tough part not being able to get. I, I missed the sauna. At the, at the gym. Oh my god, I was just I was just, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's the main thing I missed is that sauna. Nothing like it. Yeah, I was going and you know what? Like that last week or that 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 week of March, I'd sit in there in that, you know, closed encounter and with everything, and I was thinking, oh man, uh I, I think with about a, a week before everything shut down, I, I stopped, you know, going in there. But yeah, well we can we can look forward to that. I know those uh those gyms, man, they're in a tough spot. I don't know how they're going to survive. I really don't, you know, figuring how they're going to have to space everything. And I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I don't see them opening anytime soon, honestly. 
No, not with this. Uh, you know, we I, I mentioned it. You know, there at the beginning, if we were sitting back in, uh, I don't know, like May, we were all speculating. Like at first, people would say, "Well, let's see, where we're at in two weeks." Then we're talking about, "Well, and June first, and then, hey, July first, July fourth, and you know, July fourth doesn't look any any different. Uh, in a lot of ways, it looks worse than June first. You know. Yeah, might might not be any gyms this year at all. No. Well, and there might not be any sports, you know, like we're talking about here. And, you know, even in, but we talk about them. They are you know, like the Tigers were working out at Comerica Park yesterday. And, you know, mm-hmm. Miggy looked good. Michael Fulmer looked good. I say they look good. I just saw still photos of both of those guys, but those were two. I had seen a picture of Fulmer on some Zoom like two weeks ago, but I hadn't seen a picture of Miggy, and, and Miggy looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's interesting to see what kind of season Miggy's going to have because, I mean, you know, everybody was everybody had a down year last year. Obviously, you know, they had the worst record. They were the worst team. You know, Miggy's going into his 17th season. He's making $30 million for the next couple of years. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see what shape he's in, what type of number he can – what type of numbers he puts up, how many homers he hits this year. I mean, I, I don't think – I know everybody's optimistic now because the season hasn't started today. Maybe the Tigers can do something. I, I don't see that. I think it's I think it's still a bridge season, but you still want to evaluate your roster and see where you're at, where you know, see, see what kind of talent you have, see where Miggy's at, see where the pitching staff is at. A lot of the pitching staff was the pitching staff was bad last year. Boyd, Zimmerman, Norris, everybody was bad. So like I said, I think this is just still a, a, a bridge season so you so you could fill out the roster, see where everyone's at. And, you know, you're young talent too. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, I, I was just, you know, wrestling around with it today a little bit. I, I saw that, you know, Vegas came out with a 60-game slate, like the uh, the over and under number. You know, and, and the Orioles had a, a lower number than the Tigers, but the Tigers were the, the second-worst number at 22. And, and you know, the, if they just end up winning 22 games, that doesn't sound like uh, it's going to be a very fun or exciting 60-game sprint here for the Tigers. But, you know, in a short season, do you want them just finish down there at the bottom again, or would you rather get them closer to 500? And, you know, for me, answering the question, what I'm looking forward to most about the upcoming season, it would be, you know, for the Tigers to just keep it interesting. And to keep it interesting, I think if they are the, the worst team in baseball again, or it's them and the Orioles and Marlins, that's not going to be an interesting season. Like, we'll be, uh, it'll be a novelty, and, and we'll check it out and see what it looks like and everything. But uh, they could quickly get out of the picture within uh, a month like they did last year if they play anything like they did a season ago. So I'm just hoping they can – that's a long, long setup there for you. I'm just hoping that they could, you know, keep me engaged for the the rest of the summer. Yeah, because I'm not even going to hold you up. The last 20, 30 games of last season was just very tough. It was just – it was bad baseball. It, It was awful. A lot of those guys, I didn't even know who they were. It, it, that, that was just a complete lost season, and you know, like, and I, like this season, I, I still think they might finish last, maybe second to last in the division, might be a little better. But I still think, I still think the Twins and the Indians are a team to beat in the division, and I, I, I think Chicago is trending upwards as well too. So I just don't, I don't see them getting the top three spot in um in the Central. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that it's not a very lofty goal, but get close to five hundred and and pick off the Royals, you know, don't finish in, in dead last and, you know, finish in third in the central. And, you know, that's not a very big ask. So let's see if they'll do it. I know this, that, you know, they're, they're starting up a, a couple days before basketball and hockey are going to do it. And, 
you know, if they're they're not out there and they're not entertaining, it's going to be real easy for me to go check out uh, the NBA and NHL. Yeah, absolutely. But I I, I don't think they're going to be competitive. But you know, they, hopefully they call some of the young talent up in. You know that 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 that'll be a little more intriguing if you know we we could watch some of the young prospects they got. You know, I think it's time for Mize to come up. I, I think Mize at some point should come up. Um, you know, I know a lot of people want Torkelson up. I, I I don't think you should call him up just yet. Just drafted him. He's twenty. I'm not sure exactly where they're going to place him at. I know he was in the draft listed as a first baseman. They announced third baseman when they announced the pick. So I'm not really sure what position they have in mind for him. But you know, yeah, you know, we we definitely want to see the young guys. Yeah, I'm with you there. I might think they. Uh, I think they would probably give a a cup of coffee for uh, Torkelson, maybe just a a series or something to get his feet wet. Hey, uh, what about this? Um, the the basketball where the Pistons they're talking about a, a a second bubble. I don't know. I was calling it the little bubble or the the losers bracket here. Uh, that they might have it in Chicago. It's it's very dicey. Like when you look at those. You know those teams that the Pistons and and where they're at in the standings, like they they sit with a fifth worst record right now. But if they did have a little bubble and they performed well in that little bubble, man, they could they could fall out of the the bottom five, and you know they could you know be closer to to ten than they could be to one. And but they could also go there and and get close to you know the the second worst record. I I hope they just don't. I, I know they keep talking about it, and they have the last couple of days. I'm just not looking forward to a little bubble. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did. I did see Woj tweet about that. Um, I think if the, the the playoff teams down in Orlando, if that bubble is successful and you know nobody contracts the virus and everything goes as planned, I do think they'll start up the, um, the second bubble in Chicago. I think they wanted to start it in. Oh, and can hit can hit the ground running. And yeah, I believe yeah, we we could potentially have this in basketball within two months. Is that something? Yeah, that is something. Irrelevant Pistons basketball. <laughs> hey, irrelevant Pistons basketball better than uh, better than nothing. Maybe we'll see. All right, Raj, man, it, it was great talking with you. It's uh, it, it was good to see your 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 video uh, about a month ago. That was cool. I know you got a lot of some things going here. Uh, best of luck here in July, and I'm going to talk with you again soon. I hope. Oh yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, well, great, so, great talking, great talking to you as usual. First, second time All Star, so uh, I, I'm I'm excited <laughs> about that. Appreciate it, and and we'll talk again soon. Have a have a good fourth. Thanks, you too. There he is, Raj, joining uh, first up here, a first, second time All Star. If that makes sense to you, and you're like, what's an All Star? All Star are are people that come on the podcast here. We're gonna go out. I, I don't know if it's Lavonia or Wayne. I guess we'll just have to check to see here as I place the call. Hello. Jeff? Hey, Dennis. What's going on, bud? Not much. You know, I said we're going to go out to Lavonia or Wayne. I'm not I'm not sure even where you live. I guess I should have figured that out if I was going to. Oh, you're right. You're right in the first one, Lavonia. Jeff in Lavonia. All right. Uh, what's going on? How you doing today? You enjoying your 4th of July so far? Oh, yeah. I'm on vacation this week, so I'm doing good. Vacation. So what do you got planned during a, a pandemic uh, for your vacation? Just chilling? What are you doing? Just chilling. Just chilling. Yeah. That's well, it. Yeah, that's good. That's a good, actually, you know, uh, that's what most of us are doing. That's. It seems like if, uh, 
you know, the if you could get the advice from, you know, it depends who you listen to, but it, it seems like some some good advice is, you know, just staycation, stay home and and chill. That seems like some pretty good advice. So. Yeah, that's what I've been doing anyways, because, uh, you know, you really not you can't go swimming unless you got a pool, and you know, and with my wife, I can't we can't really go to places anyway. So, well, good. Well, you know what? You're like me, man. You're you're staying at home, and uh, I got a I, I don't know how to I had a leak, and I was turning on the outside hose, and a little bit of a leak in the basement. So, uh, I got to work out some plumbing, see if I can figure that out, man. You don't get any water outside, even with a hose, man. It gets hot pretty quick. Yeah, we uh, we just uh, put some sod in our uh, front yard, and my wife's been uh, uh, doing the uh, watering every morning. So that's the only water we're getting on our, our lawn lately. So, Well, there you go. You know what? We were talking about uh, you know coming on here, and, and actually uh, I got to give you a thumbs up. You went to my, my Twitter page, GAfternoon21, and I probably should have asked a lot more, but I just asked one time if somebody wanted to come on and be an all-star. And you're the first one, like a uh, like a, a write-in ballot all-star, I'll call you. You're, and you, you accepted the challenge. You were like, I want to be an all-star. I was like, all right, man, that's awesome. Uh, so thanks for doing that. Oh, no problem. You know, you don't work on Saturday, so I had, you know, love – you know, me and you have been friends you know, since high school and I uh, always listen to you and, uh, you know, no problem. Yeah, well, we have been friends since uh, high school. And I was just thinking, though, today when I knew you were coming on, I was like, did I see Jeff since I've been in high school? Because, I, you know what, it feels like. I, I uh, am up to speed with everything. You do a really good job, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, man. You you put pictures of your, your kids, your wife, your family. You guys are, I mean, you you do a great job on that. But I don't know if I've, uh, I don't think I've seen you since high school, right? Yeah, we I've seen you a couple of times. I've seen you at Nemo a couple of times for opening day. Oh, in there the you past go. Year. Now you're, now you're. And, uh, I, I think once I saw you at, um, uh, when we were uh, Michigan, uh, you, you were doing a oh, yeah. tailgate yeah. at Michigan one time. Yeah, I, mean, I seen you. I seen you more doing what, what you do for work than you know if we see each other at a bar or something. Well, now that you mention it, uh, I definitely remember you know seeing you out at Michigan, and and uh, it's not a surprise. Nemo's is my spot to go uh, on opening day. Uh, even though if, you know Tiger Stadium's not there, you know I, I was uh, I just saw something yesterday with the you know the Tigers being back at Comerica Park, and there was somebody that suggested that maybe the Tigers could play a game or a series back at Michigan and Trumbull there at the corner. You know they have the the the, the Pal Stadium there. I don't know if yeah. you've seen it recently, but it looks really cool. Now I mean it looks. I, I don't know how it fits as a a Major League Baseball stadium, but when you're talking about no fans. And it would be pretty – I thought, yeah, that's awesome. If they could do it, go back and, and actually play at the corner, that would be cool. That would be real cool. Like, even if, you know, for one series, and especially if it's like the the Yankees or something like that, that would be real cool. You know, you get to – you, you probably get people out in the outfield and stuff. But, you know, you know we're not really supposed to do that. But that would be really cool for one – just for one series. Yeah, good point. There would be people out in the outfield looking in through the fence. Uh, I just thought about Comerica. You could get out there 
in the outfield were, you know, just beyond the statues and you can stand on the fence and look in as well, there will be people doing that. I wonder if they will clear them out. Uh, I, I, I bet you they will. Well, you know, maybe they will. I guess if there's a, a large gathering and, you know, they want, want to keep those down. You know, the one thing, it, it won't be the Yankees. I just thought about it. So you're playing 40 games against teams that are in the AL Central, and then you're uh, playing the uh, the other 20 against teams that are in the NL Central. That's the Cubs, the the Brewers. So the Tigers will not see the Yankees. So, oh, I, I I didn't know that, you know, cause I don't, don't know the schedule because it's not out yet, is it? Uh, I don't think so, but uh, you just know that you're just... playing the teams in the Central. Well, that's all right. What about uh, – what about the Tigers this year? Is there anything or what's the one thing that you're looking forward to when it comes to this uh, short Major League Baseball season here on the 4th of July, Jeff, in Livonia? I think it's all these young talents that we have. You know, get them. We have the right manager for it, I think. And I just think these young talents we have, young pitchers, and I just think if we get these guys developed in this season, you know, we know already the Tigers ain't going to be that great. You know, just uh, see how these guys do, you know, all of them. Yep. And we need to see uh, Fulmer, see how he does. You know, he's been out for a whole year. And just saw on the news yesterday, he was, they're saying that he lost a lot of weight and he's uh, been uh, pitching real good. So I'd like to see what he, he uh, you know, does this year too. Yeah, you know, a sign of, of ball players when they come in, you, you take a look, like you don't know about the stuff or anything else, but when they look good, and they've lost some weight. That is a, a very good sign. It's better than the opposite. You know, if they came in and said, hmm, Fulmer looks like he's put on a couple around the midsection. That's what somebody said to me a little while ago. But, yeah, I'm with you on that. Mickey looked good as well. Well, you know what, Jeff? What you and I have in common, in addition to also uh, going to high school together at Livonia Franklin, we also are big fans of the band Rush. And I think the first time – Maybe it was the first time that I ever saw him. I mean, I I might have been a freshman or sophomore, and somebody had a van, and I remember like being in the a, a back of a, a van. It wasn't a finished van; like I was sitting on the floor of a big van, and uh, and I was in the back. I think you were in that uh, you were in that van, and and you went to rush too, didn't you? You might have been uh, Tim Bramer. Tim Bramer, and and it was his van. Remember he- do you remember, remember that? Yeah, that van? Yeah, I remember that van. It was like a kind of like a old, really old van, wasn't it? It was. If I if I had to guess, I would say it was yeah. like a brown or copper van. You know, but yeah, because I yeah, because I remember me, me and you. I think it was me and you, Tim, and I want to say Keith Pretty too, but I'm not sure. Could have been. I re- I remember that somebody like it was just getting ready to start Power Windows tour, and somebody from the upper deck threw a bottle or a pipe or something and hit somebody in our group yeah it hit me oh it hit you yeah i got uh my brother was sitting with us too because he went with his friends so i think what happened was i got hit it was uh i forgot what song it was i might say but it it was funny though getty says i see red and that i saw red with my hands wow (laughs) with, with the blood was it a bottle? Is that right? Like a, somebody threw a bottle? Either it was a bottle or um, one uh, or a pipe, you know, one of those smoking pipes. Wow. And then my brother, my brother took me and then his friends, I think, took you guys home. 
what I remember correctly, but I don't remember the whole thing. But I just remember my brother taking me home, though. Well, it was so long ago, but we've uh, we've continued to be fans uh, of the band Rush, and uh, we share that and we see that on social media. Well, hey, thanks for being the right in All Star, showing everybody the way the way to do it. Uh, a first time All Star, Jeff and Livonia. I appreciate your time. All the best to your family, and uh, have a great Fourth of July. Yeah, you too, Dennis. And my wife wants to say, you know, thanks for all you and your wife does for the Chad uh, tough tough stuff that you guys do for uh for them well you tell your wife uh thanks for that shout out and you guys have a great fourth of july yeah you too bye Dennis. there he is jeff in livonia who is uh somebody that i've known for a very very long time we're gonna mix it up and go to a howl and talk with the chef Hey, Dennis. Hey, hey, Doug, or should I call you Chef Hewitt, Chef Doug, the big man <laughs> hey, in the fine. kitchen? Uh, Doug's fine. <laughs> what, do they, what do they call you? Uh, uh, Doug Hewitt uh, joins the podcast here, and he is a, a chef in Detroit at, at Chartreuse. It's a, a, a fabulous restaurant. What do they call you in the kitchen? I mean, they, they call you Chef? Yeah, most most people call me chef, but Doug is acceptable in my <laughs> kitchen as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. You know, I watch so many cooking shows, like you know, so you get it. Like, yes, chef, no chef, yes, chef. Even the commercial <laughs> where what's his name Ramsey's in like the uh, Costco, right? And, right. And, and he smacks his hand, and he's like, yeah, "Okay, yes, chef." Like yeah, it. you know, we try to keep it a little more chill these days in uh, the environment. But yeah, there's there's some truth behind all that. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, I, I've been looking to connect with you for uh, a long time, and then oddly enough, here we are on the on the Fourth of July, and then I don't know if it's ironic, but it's uh, it's timely because the first time I went to Chartreuse, I ordered if if I could just think about it, there was I went before a Tigers game, it was some kind of watermelon cantaloupe feta cheese salad, and I loved right. it, and then I got ribs, and if I can remember, they. They were different than what I would normally say that I would get. It, it, it wasn't a slab, or if it was a slab, they were individually cut, and then they had a pretty good amount of sauce on them. But man, they were uh, they were awesome. And you know, I, I don't know if that's always or if that stayed on the menu there, but you probably know what I'm talking about with both of those items, right? Oh, uh, I I do actually. So it'll probably been like August time because um, that's when the melons and, and stone fruit are in season. So. I remember the salad well, and actually those ribs were on our menu for almost three years, and actually we're actually putting them back on because we just celebrated five years at Chartreuse. So we're putting on our original menu that we opened with, and yes, those ribs are going to be on there. So just they're a little bit different, I suppose. They were like kind of in an Asian style, so soy, mirin, and, and citrus. So yeah, a little bit different play on a spare rib. Yeah, they were awesome. Uh, I've got some ribs in... I had a power outage last week, so the the oven went down. The oven and the coffee maker. We got a coffee maker, but the, the stove on top still works, but the oven doesn't. I was like, oh, I'll be good there. And then here's the 4th of July, and I've got the ribs. I usually you know, cook them for three hours and then finish them off on the grill, but that's not going to be able to happen today. So I've got the charcoal grill out there ready to uh, crank up, and I don't know. I've got them marinating right now. You got any tips for me? Well, I mean, especially, you know, I love the method of starting them in the oven as well. 
But, you know, I think it's important to remember that barbecuing is different than grilling. So, you know, the whole, with ribs is obviously a tough cut of meat. Um, so you really want to break down uh, that sort of tough, fatty tissue. So it's just got to be indirect and it's got to be for a while. You can't rush them. Indirect and a while. Indirect. Yeah, indirect, right. Take a minute. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I like it. I, and in addition to being uh, an outstanding cook, you are also a gigantic sports fan, and I am. I, you have stayed. I, I don't know how or why. <laughs> Maybe you can explain it. You have stayed like uh, like you are like the number one Lion fan in the world. I uh, I might be um, to a fault, uh, no question. But uh, yeah, you know, I uh, I got my first set of season tickets when Matthew Stafford was a rookie. And uh, I told myself I'm at least going to see his career through, and hopefully by then we'll have uh, some more of like a uh, winning aura about the team, and maybe I can continue. But I can tell you the inmates are getting restless. Well, I can tell you, 11 years, you know, since you've been going down there to, to see the Lions, you've had some interesting seasons. And if we do have a season this year, you're not going to get a chance, I don't think, to be able to go down there and see them. That'll be weird. Uh, if there is a season, though, do you – do you like their chances of, of uh, I don't know, how much do you like their chances, Doug? I mean, personally, I I think they've done a, a very good job in this offseason. There was a couple moves that I would like to see we done a little bit different. However, I can't really fault them for filling the voids that we needed. I think we still have some questions on the defense. Of course, the defense has been, you know, a, a one of our bigger problems for, you know, the better part of my life as a Lions fan. But... I do. You know, I think with Matthew Stafford, we always got a shot. And with a little more weapons around them, if anything, we should see exciting losses. <laughs> exciting <laughs> losses. You know what? They still have, uh, I think, the second most amount of cap space available. So, I don't know, mm -hmm. Jadavian Clowney, I know that's a big name. Like, if I... Huge name. If I said we we're, you know, the Lions were getting Jadavian Clowney, I'm like, you know, thumbs up, you know, across the board when it comes down to a name like that. But, you know, they could get two pretty big time players there too with the amount of money that they have that could help out that pass rush if it, if it's not if it's not Clowney. So, you know, they could be in a good spot there. I'm with you. I I, I like their their draft. I wish they would have played that the quarterback position differently. Like I wish they would have told Stafford the day the season ended that, look, we're, we're going to act like we're going after another quarterback, but don't believe that. We're just trying to, you know, crank up the interest in that number three overall pick. Mm -hmm. And then you could have had the stories out there left and right about, Oh, Lions, they're looking to, they're, they're sold on to a, you know, it's the, it's the pathway to the, you know, the, the next QB in Detroit and everything else. Could have even thrown out some, you know, some uh, false stuff about his back and all yeah. of that. Yep. And you know they, they I agree with you. You know they could have done something and I also think they should have signed Chase Daniel. They they jumped. I know last year it it looked really bad for him because they didn't have a very good backup so they jumped. But man, when when you look at, you know, Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston and and Cam Newton, those guys are those guys all signed for less money and in Winston and mm -hmm. Newton like the the minimum could have got him for a song. I know that would have been you know probably those guys wouldn't have wanted to come here. Uh, Newton wanted a chance to, uh, to to start. Certainly, he could do that. And Dalton's from, you know, Dallas. And uh, I don't know Winston likes Sean Payton, so I don't know if if, uh, if that would have been a fit here. But it seems like they could have, should have, and could have waited at the position. Yeah, I agree with you, especially on. Uh, I think you know they you know they call our bluff with the whole Tua. 
situation and we weren't prepared to hold them accountable. I think if we would have, I mean, what, what would have been the penalty of just taking Tua? I mean, I, at least we would have a little credibility, credibility amongst the league to say, listen, Lions, you know, they knew we weren't going to take Tua. So we, we played it wrong. And I think we would have had a better chance of either trading off the pick or even dropping down to get Chase Young. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on, uh, on, on the way we played the whole Tua situation. But perhaps they just never had any interest in taking Tua to begin with. So I don't know. Um, but, yeah, interesting point, Dennis. Yeah, those teams looked down at the Lions and said, you know what, you guys are trapped. Go ahead. Well, Daria and the Lions, you know, blinked, obviously. It came down when uh, you could really trace it back to when then owner Martha Ford put out that, that letter to you guys, the season ticket holders, that that said we're, you know, playoff contention or else kind of thing. And then all of a sudden when you do that, everybody's like, these guys aren't taking a quarterback. That and, you know, we just love Matt Stafford. We're going to praise him up and down. I mean, everybody knew. I mean, you could sit around playing poker. You could be, you could be sitting there with that 2-7 all day long and, you know, acting, playing it like you've got a pair of aces, but everybody's looking across from you. They can just keep, you know, firing another barrel at you. The You know, the Lions folded up on that. But – they did, a, they did do a good job with the draft, so there is some excitement there. And just, you know what, hopefully we just have some football, you know? That would be a start, for, no <laughs> question. What, so what, is, uh, what does a chef do on the 4th of July? What do you got cooking there for your, for your wife uh, and, you know, your dog? Well, you know, uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I was just helping my wife make potato salad nice. um, for our – we're going to see my sisters. So, you know – it's it's pretty it's pretty plain to be honest. Uh, there's no, not a whole lot of excitement. We do uh, we do ribs, of course. Nice. Um, not like the restaurant. My family is very they like everything traditional. So we do the dry rub, and the kids don't like it too spicy. So you got to have two sets. And then everyone kind of you know it's more or less like a potluck. We play a lot of cornhole. Uh, we do a lot of swimming, and uh, we just do a lot of we try to stay out of the kitchen as much as we can on holidays and enjoy each other's company. Wow, man, that's. Uh... That is Americana. I love it, Doug. Well, uh, the uh, the chef of the award-winning, multi-award-winning restaurant, Chartreuse, where I looked on your website yesterday, and down at the bottom it said you guys are are, are opening back up on, yep. what, the 8th? When's that, Wednesday? That's right. Wednesday the 8th uh, will be our first uh, service back at the restaurant. And, you know, we wanted to make sure we were patient and that we've done everything the right way. And, uh we feel like we're ready to go and uh, we can't wait to see uh, our patrons come back. And, uh, you know, hopefully this is a start to uh, maybe get this thing under control. Well, good luck with that. And uh, no truer words have ever been spoken. I'm with you on that. Hopefully it's a start where everything's uh, getting back and, uh, and it'll be like it used to be somewhat. So yeah. Absolutely. Hey, appreciate your time. Uh, it's always great to hear from, uh, you know, a, a sage in the kitchen. It just worked out perfectly on July 4th. So all the best to no you point. and your family and enjoy the day. Yeah. You too, Dennis. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye we'll bye. see you. There he is. Chef Doug from Chartreuse. That guy can uh, whip up some food. I'm telling you, he is, uh, you know, when you talk about chefs, he is an artist. I go back to his, his uh, a former restaurant that he worked at, the one previously before he was in Detroit, right here in Dexter, where I live. And, man, I never really – I always wanted to be like somebody who could just come walking in the kitchen and 
put my you know finger in the sauce. I guess you wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> Probably why they wouldn't want to have me in the kitchen. But you know, the the chef actually Doug came out once in a while, you know, and and would say hi to me. And you know that's that's pretty cool as well. And being in being in with the chef makes you feel good. One of these times I'm going to get back there in the kitchen. Oh, chartreuse! You can, the kitchen's like kind of right there in the restaurant. Open up. You can just sit back and. You can, you know, watch them cook as they're doing it. I don't know what the new configuration is going to look like, but uh, I would imagine that that's still going to be available. Let's continue on here, and we are going to steer this conversation from uh, from Howell and just head a little bit, what is that, north to Pinckney for another, now what will be second-time All-Star. Hey, good afternoon, Dennis. Afternoon, Steve. <laughs> or as uh, you know, you're more well known as Wolverine Steve, right? <laughs> yes, sir. That's good. Are you so are you having a good fourth? I know we're just getting things underway here, but were you an early riser, getting ready, you know, the getting the food ready? What are you doing? Yeah, it's exactly what I've been doing, just prepping some stuff. Um, after this gonna head over to my sons in Fenton, have a barbecue with the family and hang outside how about you well i also have been getting some food prepared you know i just talked with a chef who was uh making up his potato salad which you know i, I i'm a big fan of you know I, I could eat potato salad you know not just <laughs> on the fourth of july man i could eat that every week maybe i should start doing that but i don't know if my wife I, our fridge is packed right now i do have the grill with the the charcoal in it and uh, I'm just going down. I would have doused it with the a little bit of the lighter fluid already or the charcoal fluid, but I couldn't find it. So that's what I'm doing after this, getting that grill going and, and just babysitting it for the rest of the day. That's awesome. It is. It is. So, you know what? You are a, a second-time All-Star, which is great, you know, a two-time All-Star. But, you know, in between the last time I talked with you, you sent me a YouTube, and it was it was a fabulous YouTube, Steve. It was um, – of the of the two Michigan likely two Michigan quarterbacks that are are up for the the starting job in in Joe Milton and Dylan McCaffrey and it was every snap that those guys uh, have taken at Michigan and it's it's fabulous uh, to watch it really does pump you up oh yeah yeah I loved it and it was a guy guy by the name of Kevin Anderson put that out there give him his due. But, uh, yeah, every single snap. And uh, I don't know, when I watched it, I don't know about you, not only did I get pumped up, but it, it also um, it really spoke to really how, how little both of those guys have actually played to me. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, the, the Notre Dame game was a big surprise to see McCaffrey in there, but the other snaps that you're looking at, you look at, you're like, oh, hey, that looks like a pretty good throw. You look down at the score, and it's like 40-3 to three in some of those games, and it was pretty much mop-up duty, you know, that those guys yeah. were coming in. Yeah, and it, the one you just spoke of, that Notre Dame game in 2018 in South Bend, that was the one where Patterson went out for a quarter or whatever, he was banged up, and that, that game, our, Michigan's offensive line just struggled, and watching McCaffrey just run for his life. Um, he does have some wheels, though. And, uh, you know, I, I think um, what everybody worries about with him, right, is his reckless abandon with running. Is he going to get hurt? Uh, but uh, he's definitely got some wheels, and he can he can definitely sling it, too. He can. He threw that one uh, against Nebraska where he put it right on the numbers, and 
Milton, he came in, you know, not as uh, highly touted, but uh, when you talk about a hose or an arm, you know, he's got all the arm strength in the world. I mean, if you talk with people that have seen him in, in practice and they just tell you, like, well, what do you think of him? They all just – the first thing they start with is uh, a cannon, that this guy can just throw the ball to the moon, which is a good, good starting spot for a, a QB. Yeah, yeah, and I know, I mean, you, you have a lot of friends probably that are around the program and stuff, but just like reading the stuff on the message boards and stuff, it sounds like – Milton is uh, about as hard of a worker as you have on the team, too. I mean, they seem like they, they love his attitude and what he brings and the, the leadership qualities, and he seems like a great kid. Yeah, you know what? I was uh, awed by McCaffrey when he ran. It actually got called back, but it, the, your your guy put that on, that, that snap in there when he, he took off and ran like 60 yards against Nebraska. He just gets around the end, and he's just gone. And uh, it's just like, wow, you know, and then seeing what he did against Notre Dame, I'm like, uh, you know, I can't wait to see him. He's working out with his brother Christian, you know, uh, and, and his dad, you know, won a couple Super Bowls. And it's just like, you know, his lineage as, um, you know, as his grandparents, uh, you know, what they did, Olympics and all this. And it's just like, yeah. uh, you just feel like I felt like, man, McCaffrey is going to be something special. But I'll tell you what, like if if it ends up being Milton – then Milton must be something really special because I think McCaffrey's something special. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And that's why, you know, you always see people saying, oh, I hope, hope McCaffrey wins it. I hope Milton wins it. I personally don't care who wins it. Like, I just want the best guy. And honestly, I'll feel bad who, for whoever doesn't because it sounds like they're both working their butts off and they're both good kids. But I think for the first time, right, this is year six, first time in the Harbaugh, um, under the, you know, the Harbaugh regime that, that it's been a quarterback that was recruited and developed by him. I mean, that's amazing when you think about it. It is amazing. Uh, I th- you know, that, that first year it ended up being Rudock and we didn't know for sure because you were thinking like, uh, all right, maybe it'll be, you know, the, what was it? Shane was Shane Morris still there. The left, it was like the, the competition Morris. was between those two. And I was thinking, you yeah, know, you know, Shane Morris, you know, that's his job to lose. I was wrong about that one, but yeah, you're right. I mean, this is the first time when you got two guys, it, it says a lot. I, I look back to, it seems like so long ago, the, the game that Michigan lost to Michigan State where it was the, the deluge in the second half, the rain you know, just came pouring down. I think Dylan was a, a true freshman, and, and Peters was, what, a, a redshirt freshman, and they went with O'Corn in that game after Spate you know, was hurt. Yeah. And, you know, you're like, okay, you know, Harbaugh, you know, he knows what he's doing with the QBs and everything, but – I remember the arguments like you don't want to put Peters in against, you know, Michigan state in his first game and Dylan McCaffrey's too skinny. You know, those what people were, it seemed like that was like the, the narrative for those guys. And then it was just later that year that here's uh, the, the championship game. You've got two coming into the second half as a true freshman. And you've got uh, uh, the Georgia going with a, a freshman quarterback as well. And from, I mean, these guys were true. That's freshmen. Right. So it was like, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe uh, Harbaugh would have liked to have had that one back. Could have gone with Peters or even the even the true freshman McCaffrey. Yeah, that wasn't uh, <clears throat> that probably wasn't O'Corn's finest hour that night. No, what could have been his finest hour was that last game that he played against oh. Ohio State. Man, like I was saying, you know, this guy will never have to well, they never have to buy a meal in Ann Arbor ever. You know, if he goes out there. And, <laughs> You know, they, they played a, you know, you got to play a full game. It's like they played a good first half. And, you know, 
that's not good enough. <laughs> that's not, you have to no. play better than a, you yeah. know, a good first half against Ohio State. Isn't it weird when you think back, you brought that up? I mean, it's like my emotions swell up in me because I remember sitting in Michigan Stadium thinking, and that 17 team wasn't, I mean, we weren't going anywhere, right? But we got the ball. You, you got exactly what you want. You get the ball. There's like five, two and a half minutes left. You got, you know, 60 yards to go. You score a touchdown. You win the game. You slay the dragon. You beat Ohio State. And on the first throw, he threw it like 30 yards in the air right to the Ohio State safety. And it was just like a, a death blow into the gut. Oh, I'll never forget it. Yeah, well, not to try to, uh, you know, bring up any more PTSD about Michigan, but it was, it, I had that same feeling today when I was just looking through some things. And, and you know, the one of the big stories is about, you know, changing the Redskins' name. And they had the guy actually that came in in relief in that game, Dwayne Haskins, right? And so it's all coming back here. Haskins was like, um, I, I think it was somebody on CBS Sports had said, uh, hey, why not change the name of the Washington Buckeyes? And and Haskins was like, let's do it. And I'm like, no, they're not gonna do oh. that. But that also like I don't like the I don't like the Washington Redskins, you know, at all. I, I never have, but I was like, no, they're not gonna be called the Buckeyes. Oh, that would be terrible. <laughs> Could you imagine? Uh, <laughs> you know, Terry McLaurin, you know, he liked the idea, but no, no, you don't want to go and you don't change it to the Buckeyes. That's for sure. No, no. I, I just hearing that word just makes me want to throw up. Yeah. Well, so I'll steer away. You know, I don't, we've talked about barbecue and, you know, potato salad and everything else on the 4th of July. I've been asking everybody about baseball here. The, they, they should be playing today. That would be awesome if they had a, a slew of games and we were talking baseball. And, you know, instead, yesterday they just reported and we saw some pictures of them. But I don't know what kind of baseball fan you are, Steve, but uh, what would you look forward to the most about a Tigers 60-game season? So, yeah, I, I'll plead a little bit of ignorance. I'm a, I'm a lukewarm baseball fan. My, uh, my girlfriend is huge into the, the Tigers, so I do hear secondhand from that. And we usually go to a couple games a year, but um, – the, the only thing I guess for me being a, being a novice is I would love to see them, you know, fight to get to 500. I mean, I think that's a good goal for them. They win 30 games and Cabrera can stay healthy and uh, get back to his, his form. And I know that, you know, there's a couple of high draft picks there that the Tigers are counting on developing. I don't know if it's unrealistic that they can contribute this year, but um, I think a 500 season would be a, a, a great year for them. Well, you shouldn't have sold yourself short. You sound like a baseball expert there, Steve. <laughs> Just It's like your football knowledge, man. You're, you're right there. Football, baseball, it doesn't matter. I, I, when I talk football, though, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's the most exciting thing in the world for me is to talk Michigan football, and I wear the people out around me doing it. So I appreciate you letting me talk to you about it. Well, I completely understand. This is a, a good outlet, you and I, you know, teaming up here, being able to talk about Michigan. Uh, and just football, like I, I wake up, I'm ready to talk football. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's going on. Like, is the one thing I remember when I worked in Ann Arbor, it would be, you know, the middle of the summer, and I would have, I would do a promo, and I would say, yeah, you know, Thursday we talked all about the offense. Tomorrow, the defense. You know, and it was like that. All, it was like that all the time, and I thought, yeah, this is the way to go. And people are like, you can mix a little something else in there. So you should get football. <laughs> that is kind of cool, TKA, because that is almost all that, that's covered there, right? Well, that's what people want. You know, they really want uh, – th- th- they just want Michigan from, you know, A to Z all the time. Let's go. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, you, that's what you deliver. And you But know, you know what? 
I, I mean to interrupt you, but what I respect you for is I know you did Lions post game, and that has to be that just has to be a challenge. Well, you know what? I love the NFL too. I mean, I love uh, college football just a tick more because of uh, I think because of Michigan and the stadium and the success they had when I was growing up, and the Lions playing in a dome and not having any success. But uh, the bands, I think, gives me the you know the the, the bands and the cheerleaders, and that's what gives it. Uh, I'll give it to to college for that that part. But man, I love the NFL, and so going to the Lions games all those years. Yeah, it's, it sucks when they lose, but uh, you know, going to football games. Uh, it's oh great. yeah, you know, it's it's great. So what I'm what I'm saying is I love the Lions in my core, but let's face it, a lot of heartbreaks. So you uh, you're hearing a lot of a lot of broken hearts after every game. That's all I was trying to point out. Well, and you know what? <laughs> it was a kind of a running joke all the time. We never did this, but we wanted to a couple times just sitting back and just do an hour like right now. You and I could do it. Welcome in, Lions lose again. You didn't have to say the other team. You just say, oh, I'm sick of this ownership and 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 Stafford and the the line can't do anything. They can never get a break. These refs and you just go right. on and on for an hour. And then you just have it in the can, and you can just play it all the time. You just yeah, never say the uh-huh. other team because you could you could just break that one out and, and use it almost any time you wanted. Yeah, absolutely. One day somebody will take me up on that. Hey, can you can an hour of just a Lions <laughs> post game? And you know, it's it, it did get a little repetitive. It's like you know, okay, here we go again. You know, and you always like one of the first three or four calls. Even if it didn't say it there, you knew somebody was going to say, this team's never going anywhere until the Ford sell. And, you know, you, you hear it a million times and, and yeah. you know, you're like, yeah, sure. You know, you're right. You're right. And yeah, they do have to get some blocking and, you know, the pass rush isn't there and, you know, coaches come here and, and they never go anywhere else and have any success. And then you start talking about the draft and then and, and it's, it is kind of, it's a broken record. So. Maybe maybe one day it'll change. Who knows? And for, for, for a conversation down the road, we could talk about the Lions' new ownership. Oh, wait. It's, they're just passing the baton down the family again. Yes, so, yes they yeah, are. Mar- Martha's daughter's taking over. So. <laughs> yeah, and what did they say? You know, she's got a couple other daughters, and, you know, they've, they've got kids. The Fords are... <laughs> The Fords will always have this team. That's the one thing that people should accept. So the part about it never getting any different, if, uh, you know, unless the owner's different, you know, it's, it's it's a different owner, but it's kind of the same owner. Yeah, I know. I'll still love them. I can't help it. Yeah, Martha was a lot like her late husband, and we'll see. We'll give Sheila a chance to see if she can do something different. You always got to give them a chance and see Absolutely. if they are able to do anything. Well, hey, Steve, uh, enjoy your day. Thanks for taking time out on, on a holiday, the 4th of July, and uh, all the best to your your family. Have some fun over at that at that barbecue, and, uh, yeah, go USA. How about that? Yes, sir, yeah. yep. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on, and you have a great holiday as well. All right. Hey, thanks, Steve, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for that video you sent. All right, no problem, Dennis. Have a good one. You too. There he is. Steve who's ready to talk Michigan football at a, at a drop of a hat, even on the 4th of July. And we thank him, just like uh, Raj and Jeff and Chef Doug Hewitt for, for joining me here on this uh, 4th of July. Let me get to my movie and, and book review. A book and movie review. You know, I started out the pandemic, and I had a book. It's called 1776, and I have it here in front of me, David McCullough. Uh, winner of the Pulitzer Prize, 
And if I'm ever going to talk about that particular book, well, today would be a pretty good day. And it, you know, turns out that George Washington figures out very prominently as the American commander in chief in 1776. If you, if you did not know that, and uh, you know, I did know that I went into that before I cracked the book open and I'm like, what do I really know about 1776? I know they, I'm not a big Hamilton guy, the, the play, but I knew that Washington was a, a, a general and I knew I was thinking back in, you know, high school that he, you know, he, what did he throw the, they throw a silver dollar over the Potomac or something like, and then I always remember the, the picture of him in the boat with like the, with the ice all around him. That was about what I knew and, you know, that they signed the declaration of independence in 1776. So I didn't have a, uh, you know, a, a great knowledge of the year, but, you know, it was interesting to me when I'm, and it ties in with the movie. So you have Washington, George Washington. He is brought up in the movie, Spike Lee's movie, The Five Bloods, which I'll get to in a moment. But 1776, if, if you're looking for like an easy breezy read and uh, it's not that. If, you, if you've ever watched a Ken Burns documentary, Ken Burns is, it's great to watch Ken Burns documentaries, baseball, Vietnam, uh, Civil War, all of those. But as you know, after a while, you know, there's a lot of uh, excerpts uh, of uh, letters that were written, newspaper accounts, the, the language of the day. It, it makes it good, but it's not easy breezy reading or really, you know, when, when Burns has a documentary, it doesn't make for really, really like, you know, just tantalizing TV either. But you know what? Just if you like the from the military aspect, there's the, the siege of Boston where if I ever go back to Boston, I will definitely go and visit the Dorchester Heights where they they had to bring these cannons with boats and they dragged them through like tons of ammunition and these gigantic cannons uh, on boats and dragging them up and down the mountains, 300 miles, this guy named Henry Knox. Amazing. And they got them there and, and were able to, with the with a full moon and fog, you know, get them in place in Dorchester and, and chase the British out of Boston. Awesome. And, you know, I went to Manhattan once back in 2004. And, you know, you, you go to New York and you, you go over to Brooklyn. And so you just get to the lay of the land there and you just see just what it's like with all the different bridges and everything else. But the Battle of Brooklyn, just how bad it was for America I mean, the British ships and the men, they, they've got, they, they completely own the water there. They've got the men that if they would have been even a little bit aggressive, they just would have wiped, you know, uh, George Washington and, you know, his, uh, his men just off the face of the earth. But they didn't. They, they were not aggressive. They were, they were just sitting tight there. And it looked really bad for America. And they got lucky with uh, fog and currents and the tide. Washington got lucky there in Manhattan. But you know the famous picture that I referenced a little bit earlier with the boat and the ice around him? You know, it, it, the Delaware River and the conditions were blizzard-like and he ends up winning the big battle there. So I get why the the uh, the boat, it was amazing reading about those gigantic boats there. But So that's that's it. Very textbook type 
book in 1776. Now over to The Five Bloods, which is on Netflix, and it is a Spike Lee movie described in the trailer as four African-American men going to Vietnam, and these vets go back for a fallen colleague and also to search for treasure. That's what it is, but I give this movie a, a thumbs up. This is a war movie. If you like uh, the the genre of war movies, I really like this. Uh, I like this movie. the The war action scenes. There's not a lot of. They have some flashbacks to Nam when these guys were were there, and you know now it's whatever 2020. Like it feels like that in the in the movie, but the I guess you'd call it cinematography and just the direction, the the ammunition the guns are like it it is uh it is well done the the war action scenes in there thumbs up to spike lee i'd love to hear i didn't i searched a little bit for the undertaking and what he did to go through and and go through some of those scenes but i'd like to hear him talk more about it it was really good that part uh and you know what i knew two minutes in with uh, two of my all-time favorite characters in in tv that they were in this movie I knew that I was going to like it. If you like The Wire, Lester, the Baltimore police officer who was uh, pretty low key, is always like painting those houses or, or, and you know, as a side job there while he was working. I'd never seen Lester in another movie. He's in this, so uh, I love him. And then one of my uh, favorite characters from The Wire was also in this movie. And that is Clay Davis, the Maryland senator. Call him a crooked senator. I think that's uh, appropriate, but love Clay Davis. And I don't think I've ever seen Clay Davis in another movie either, but his name is Isaiah Whitlock. And one of the nice parts about this, I don't give anything away or anything, but he pays homage to Clay Davis with his most famous line. And it's great. It is great. And I like this movie it's like not the greatest movie of all time, but it's good. I give it a thumbs up. It's very unpredictable. You like predictability in movies? Like how many times you said, oh, that was pretty predictable. This one is not. It is the opposite of that. So I like that. But the one part, how these my book and movie tie together, at one point there is a reference to George Washington in one of the black GIs in that The Five Bloods says he's not our president. And it kind of gets us to where everything is at today. The times are changing. You got the, the Redskins. They are uh, having a review, an official review of their nickname there in Washington. The Cleveland Indians. They have, they are going to examine the best path forward for their nickname. And these are, times are changing here. And I just bring this up because here's Washington was being talked about. And when you have a lot of statues and names being changed, the Redskins, maybe the Indians, I did see, and it was online, the idea of, hey, how about dynamiting Washington off of Mount Rushmore? And you know what? Some people could see the value in that. You know, you, uh, you know, and for me, giving you my opinion about it, uh, I don't think they should dynamite Washington out of Mount Rushmore. And I've never been to Mount Rushmore, but do I think that you could talk about George Washington and uh, the times and how he looked at the at blacks, how he looked at them in the military, how he looked at every, how you know the times were there? I could see the value in that. 
and some information about the 1700s. And it, and it just made me think like the, the statue to bring it back to sports of, of Ty Cobb. You know, a big part of Tiger's history. But he was known as a, a big racist. And Ernie Harwell said that Cobb had a different view later. And I think that the Tigers organization should not pull the statue of Cobb down. But I think a plaque put on the base of that statue, everything about Ty Cobb. This is what we knew about him. This is what he said about uh, blacks in baseball. This is what he thought about. This is what uh, you know. You, this is what he was saying when he was with the Tigers. And if you could find a couple of those things that Ernie Harwell had say that whether it was a, a change of heart and put that on the plaque there as well, whatever it is, I, I think that the Tigers should do that. And but you know that's that's my opinion. You know, and and one last thing here with the world problems, and you know, I mentioned the famous pick of of George Washington, and you know, he ends up winning the uh, a decisive battle there in 1776 as he crosses the Delaware, and it's blizzard conditions. One of the boats doesn't even come across because it's you know that that uh, harrowing of weather, but uh, you know, he goes out there and he ends up getting the job done. But the night before, Washington wrote, and he'd been in a real like pickle in New York and here they were facing all this bad weather and I'll just read you a little bit from uh, David McCullough 1776 so he's getting ready to leave the headquarters to go to the march and get in that boat and everything else and he writes to Robert Morris I agree with you that it is vain to ruminate upon or even reflect upon the authors of our present misfortunes. We should rather exert ourselves and look forward with hopes that some lucky chance may yet turn up in our favor. So the drums rolled in the camps, and at 2 in the afternoon, the army begins moving out, carrying 60 rounds, and they win that big battle in 1776. All right, uh, keep your head up, that some luck may turn in your favor. I hope you have... A nice fourth. If you subscribe to this podcast, you will get them on Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. I hope you do that. Comment in there. And that's going to do it. Everybody have uh, a great 4th of July. I'm heading out to see if I can find my lighter fluid for the charcoal. Got to be in the garage. Just used it a couple days ago. Couldn't find it today. Locate it. And then uh, I'm going to get that grill going. Let's go. All right. Thanks for listening. And one last time, happy 4th of July. Thanks to Raj in Pontiac doing a great job with us today is a two-time All-Star, Jeff in Livonia, a write-in candidate, Chef Doug Hewitt from Chartreuse. And then it was a Wolverine Steve. Take care. Bye.